Welcome to Active Authenticity, where I share the concepts and skills to first discover who you are and then to act on who you are to live a remarkable life. And today is a rather exciting day. I have been working on bringing forth my upcoming book, Active Authenticity, and today I received the developmental edits back from the editor. And it's pretty exciting. This is where you really get to dig in and make sure the structure and flow of the book is working well. So one of the things that came back from this developmental edit is the suggestion that I axe the prologue. And really the prologue is a little bit out of step with the writing of the rest of the book because in the prologue I tell a story of my trip to the Peruvian Amazon. And I am thinking of possibly, because I really love this piece, moving it to the end of the book and making it an epilogue. So I'm going to encourage all of you who are listening to weigh in with a little comment at the end of today's podcast, letting me know if you think I should take this piece out of the book entirely or put it in as an epilogue. All right, so prologue as it stands. By now it was cold out, but I was not that kind of cold, save for one exposed area on my lower left thigh. I tugged on the rough blanket I'd been given, but something in the way I'd wrapped myself prevented the blanket from moving. Feverishly, I rubbed the exposed spot, the back and forth of it reassuring and warming, if I could just keep rubbing. But it was difficult to hold a thought, even that one, for very long before it floated free to merge with the neon and pulsing patterns of my ayahuasca journey. I was awash in a kaleidoscope of vividly humming images. Lulled and absorbed, I soon forgot the cold, my hand falling to rest at my side where it lay until the discomfort would once again rouse me. From the outside, the action seemed mundane at best. The cold, the tugging, the rubbing, the surrender. The jungle thrummed around me unnoticed. So taken was I by the oozing of shapes before me, edges widening, thinning, and finally disappearing in soft bleeds of color. Newly emerging patterns rendered image after image, weaving a scene of frigid landscapes, ice flows, ageless and internal, cellular even. There was no separation between the seeing and the feeling, the icy presence of them pressing around. To struggle with drowning is one thing. To breathe buried beneath generations of ice is yet another, and also the situation my ayahuasca journey summoned. Through the thin air and panic I thrashed and grasped, searching for a lifeline, not the face of Carlos, the guide I'd hired for my Amazonian expedition, though it now appeared in popping reds and purples before me. The contours of his leathered face hovered, parting and regrouping regularly to strike varied expressions all of a theme. First anger, then impatience, and then something else, annoyance. Here I was, a gringo researcher, and I'd refused the very thing I'd paid him to do, and in fact he had done with great care and even diligence. He had wrangled an interview with an important shaman up the Amazon's Ucayali River, and at ceremony's end had been emphatic in letting me know we'd miss our rendezvous point if I didn't get moving as others were doing, and if we weren't already traveling upriver as the deep-hued blues of morning split wide to reveal threads of brighter pink. 
He had been angry. I suppose it all settled into that, which of course made perfect sense. I was breaking the rules. Not just the more general and culturally appropriate travel ones, but the more familial expectations of gratitude and obedience owed those who accepted responsibility for your care and success. My sins were further aggravated by the fact that he had tapped personal connections to produce the interviews I needed for my research. He was right, and he was due, and had been angry that I'd not finally roused myself as requested to prepare for the long river trip ahead. But the truth was, I was still hallucinating and in the later stages of my ayahuasca journey. The thought of even sitting up had set my head spinning, and more importantly, though he did not yet know it, I'd already discovered what I'd come to the Amazon to find. While it would mean a delay in our river trip, I believe the answer lay with a healer who had conducted our ayahuasca ceremony and who is now gone. Though the rest of the celebrants were leaving too, and Carlos was insisting we join them, I knew I could not set off on the river without first interviewing her again. It was a predicament, and the predicament billowed and ballooned, fed by the neon burn of the ayahuasca. When Carlos finally understood that I was not yet on the other side of my ayahuasca journey, he'd agreed to come back, but not without the promise, which in my current condition took on the shape and tenor of a threat, that he'd see me in two hours and we would leave then. As I lay alone in the tiny ceremonial hut, breathing icy crystals of terror, the pulsing waves of ayahuasca continued only to fan my fear. Hadn't I told Carlos I needed another day before leaving? Why did he say we would go? Would he force me to leave? And if he tried, how would I resist? Should I resist? Was it even safe to resist? I was dependent on him. This sharp reality slashed the dark in rapid bursts of color. I was by myself in the jungle in a worn out straw and mesh hut in the dark. He was the sole conduit to my safe return. What if he simply left me out here? Could he be trusted? While Carlos had been recommended by another researcher, I didn't really know him. Clearly, I didn't know him. The purple outlines of his anger continued to gather and shatter in neon shards around me. As the ayahuasca played on, the vivid shape-shifting began to coalesce into a base pattern, a repetitious theme. I will lose this contest and I will die. I will lose this contest and I will die, skipping on in repeat and stirring an icy vortex. And in that moment of terror, I understood this to be a crux moment, one where I either chose the path of generations before me or tested the ground of a new and uncertain direction. Should I follow what I knew on my gut to be right, to stand firm and stay another day, even if it meant breaking all the rules and having to do so from this weak and vulnerable state? It was exactly the opposite of what I felt even capable of doing. And what of the consequences? I shivered and reached for the stiff edge of my blanket, pulling it hard. It did not budge. There was nothing to be done but the thing I feared most to do, and feared I could not do. The humming of the jungle, which never fully stops, though thrills and quiets as thousands of full-throated species enter and exit, shifted to a soprano note as the light drew near. My head was beginning to clear. My ayahuasca journey was winding down. Dawn was coming. Carlos was coming, too, as I could only hope 
and fear he would to offer me the choice once again and the journey that would follow. So that's the prologue, which really speaks of those moments that we're given and the choices that we make in those moments and how they can lead us to a remarkable outcome if we take them. Okay, that's it for today, and I look forward to returning with more on active authenticity and also to starting this rewrite for you. Okay, let me know what you think. Add it to the back or delete it from the book. All right, bye.